Thank you, Colin. Um, okay, so what we're talking about today. So today, we're talking about turning our hearts to God. Um, and it's not... Um, Angela talked last week um, on a heart-related topic. Um, so you'd think, actually, maybe we do a bit of planning here in coordination. But uh, no, it's completely... Um, uh, what was in Angela's mind last week came to her, and then what's in my mind this week came to me completely separately, but very closely linked. Um, clue on the wall, there's a bit of a heart there, just in case. Um, everybody should have a heart, which we'll um, use a bit later. We've got some spares knocking around, so yeah, yeah, it's still there, is it? Yeah, good, good. Sorry? All oh, right, excellent, yeah, as long as we've got a first aider in the building, good. Um, okay, so um, we're talking about turning our hearts to God. So um, the first part is from Jeremiah, and it's about trusting in God and turning our hearts to him. And then the second part is from Psalm 37, which is about what happens when we do trust in God and we do turn our hearts to him. Um, so um, I think the first read, I think Bruce is going to do our first reading. So if you could talk us through Jeremiah, Bruce. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 8 and 12 to 14. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. A glorious throne, exalted from the beginning, is the place of our sanctuary. Lord, you are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of living water. Heal me, Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved, for you are the one I praise. Amen. Thank you, Bruce. So that's all very black and white. Um, but I find sometimes that it's not as black and white as that. There's a bit of grey area in between, so I can be living a normal life. And Colin talked the other week about um, being too busy, um, about the devil being in that busyness and you not being able to, and actually taking you away from the Lord without realising it. And I quite often find myself in that position where um, I feel as though I'm not close to the Lord, and that's because work gets in the way, um, things at home get in the way, um, family get in the way, and you're so busy focusing on those that you, without realising it, turn your heart away from the Lord. So uh, it's that passage is very black and white, but I think there's a grey area, and you can fall into that middle bit and start turning your heart away from the Lord without realising it when really you need to, to focus because the Lord will um, uh, solve your problems. So I'm just going to read the, um, 
that oh, the first part of that passage from the message just to, um, in another kind of language almost. So um, God's message, cursed is the strong one who depends on mere humans, who thinks he can make it on muscle alone and sets God aside as dead weight. He's like a tumbleweed on the prairie, out of touch with the good earth. He lives rootless and aimless in a land where nothing grows. But blessed is the man who trusts me, God, the woman who sticks with God. They're like trees replanted in Eden, putting down roots near rivers, never a worry through the hottest of summers, and never dropping a leaf, serene and calm through droughts, bearing fresh fruit every season. Thought, particularly like that last, last bit, I think that's a gorgeous sort of image um, to have of uh, God's love when your heart's in God. Um, serene and calm through droughts, bearing fresh fruit every season. So it's kind of, it's split into six points, this really. The first three are to do with um, the cursed life or the life without God or turning your heart away from God. And then the second three points are about um, turning life to the Lord and living with God, um, with your hearts. So the cursed life is trusting in yourself. So Jeremiah's talking about trusting in yourself. Um, Everyone's got to have trust in someone or something and if you don't trust in the Lord, then you're trusting in yourselves. Um, and it's a kind of natural human tendency um, to kind of, um, to quote uh, Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. So very sort of self-focused and doing your own thing. The cursed life is turning away from the Lord. And then Jeremiah goes on to describe it as turning his heart from the Lord. So you're actually turning your heart away from the one person who can actually save you who can help you through your troubles, um, who can resolve some of your issues, who can heal your pain. Um, if you're turning away from the Lord, you're turning away from that lifesaver. So um, uh, if we did have a problem there, Ron's there, so I wouldn't want to turn my heart away from Ron. Otherwise, um, there's no one there to give me uh, um, treatments until the medics turn up. So, yeah, yeah. And then it's talking about tumbleweeds. So... Um, Cursed life tumbles through life without direction. So God's all got a plan for us all. If we turn our heart away from him, then we're relying on ourselves to plan. And quite often that ends up in wandering around without direction. So a bit like tumbleweed in the desert. So you're being blown around in every direction, here, there and everywhere, with no real meaningful life. Um, you're trying to exist in a parched desert, so um, you've, got, you've got no roots. And it's like so many of us today, um, little tumbleweeds blow in this direction and that direction, but that's the wrong direction without the guidance of the Lord. The, so that's um, the cursed life, which is without God. So with God, the blessed life is planted in the Lord. So the well-lived and godly life, um, Jeremiah's comparing it to a tree planted deeply in the ground near a river bank. He's describing it as being planted firmly in the Lord. So there's no better ground on which to find your roots than in the Lord. Um, if you're rooted in the present life, you'll not experience, experience the blessed life. So all of us want to have a God-shaped life um, which flourishes for the Lord. And then he goes on to talk about the blessed life being protected by the Lord. So trees planted deeply at the riverbank are like lives planted firmly in the Lord. So not bothered by the heat or worried about long months of drought. Um, the, um, with everybody's life there's, storm, there's storms and struggles and illness um, but for the believers and followers um, we can't be separated from God's love 
So we're swamped with the negative stuff and news, anxieties. Um, but the promise of this verse is that whatever happens to us, we can depend on the grace of Christ to meet our needs and our protection. And then finally, the blessed life is productive for the Lord. So it's like trees planted in the rich fertile ground near the flowing river and protected from the destructive elements in life. The leaves stay green and they go on producing delicious fruit. So nothing's more delightful than to see um, a fruit-bearing tree and all the fruit that it produces. And that's how the Lord wants to see us, as bountiful, fruit-bearing people, sharing the good news with others and helping our churches to grow. Okay, so you may wonder why you've got a little white heart there, um, made of cardboard. Um, so we're just going to do a little exercise. Um, has anybody not got a heart, as it were? <laughs> so, Tim? <laughs> so you're the, only, you're, only the heartless peop- you're the only heartless person in the place. Shocking. <clears throat> Oops. There you go. Dark. Somewhere. Another two. Everybody got a heart now? Cardboard hearts? Yep, good. Just check in. Right. Pens? I'll put um, some. Pe- I'll give some pens to the front, and then you can work your way backwards. Uh, on, I'm on the front row there. Two. All right. There we go. So, what we're doing with the heart? Um, what wants? What I'd like you to do? <clears throat> Are we ready? Um, so can you write just on one side of the heart so it's important you only write on one side um, so what I want you to write is actually what's on your heart um, so let me give you an example so the sort of things that you love the most the sort of things you fear the most what are you worrying about at the moment what do you care about um, those, those sort of things and what, you, what you're thinking about. So what's on your heart at the moment? What do you love? What do you, what's concerning you? Um, any illness? Any family issues? Any, anything that's on your heart at the moment that you think we should pray about? Okay. Um, and then I'll just ask Colin to play us a bit of music so you can just have a bit of reflective time when you finish writing. The song will last about five minutes. So uh, just uh, write down what's on your heart and then we'll, and we'll listen to a bit of music. Yeah, please. Bit of hill song. Just for a change. So, everybody got their hearts. Can you place them face down on your lap? So you can't, so it's just, you've just got the blank space there. And then we're just going to pray. So uh, let's just, uh, let's just pray. Gracious Father God, so often we turn our hearts away from you. Perhaps not willingly, but more by chance. We fill our hearts with concerns and keep them close to ourselves. We are sorry for the times we have not turned our hearts towards you to let you search us. We are sorry for the times we have turned our hearts away from you because we fear your judgment or because we're selfish with the things of our hearts and worry about what you will do if we share with you. We are sorry and we repent because we know that you are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. Thank you for forgiving us, Father God, because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, making a way for us to come to you.
So now we turn our hearts to you. If you could just turn your hearts over, please. <laughs> Lord, search our hearts. We lay them before you. Carry our burdens, share our joys, and show us where we are not walking your way. We turn our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we're going to have another song now. Thank you, Ron. Um, sorry, if you've all got a heart now and you don't know what to do with it, um, feel free to either take it home for personal prayer or if you want someone else to pray over what you've got on your heart, then feel free to leave it in the prayer room afterwards on the table and um, anybody that's in there can, um, can pray for you. Um, right, so we're just going to have our second Bible reading now. So if Janet could bring us that one from uh, Psalm 37. Thank you. Psalm 37, 1 to 9, and 39 to 40. Do not fret because those who are evil or be envious, envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like a moonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it will only lead to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He's their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Janet. Right. This is a bit like a list of advice on um, how to live for God, really. So, uh, um, and it gives us seven steps for enjoying God's uh, peace, the spiritual peace, even in turbulent times. Um, so, God is in control and His plan is perfect. And it's kind of it's useful to kind of look back at that whenever we're experiencing problems and troubles, um, because it, that is. Um, a little, instru little instruction book really on um, enjoying God's spiritual peace and you don't need to worry about writing the seven steps down because God's already done that for us they're in Psalm 37 so if you need to refer back to them they're all in there but um, worrying um, I'm not a worrier actually so, and I'm quite blessed because I don't tend to worry about things unless it's really disastrous but um, I'm kind of fairly laid back um, and I just, for some reason or other, I generally don't worry about stuff. I just deal with it when it happens. That's my approach. Um, Jackie, on the other hand, worries about anything and everything, um, whether it's going to happen, whether it's not, how likely it is, how likely it's not. Um, 
anything to worry about and then she'll worry because she hasn't got anything to worry about. So, and I know there's a lot of people like that because uh, there's almost two people, there? there's the worriers and the, and the non-worriers. So, uh, um, so anyway, um, in the psalm, David's uh, talking about the first step block. So, sorry, let me just, I've split this in seven steps. Okay, so step one is about don't worry. Um, and David knew it's hard to avoid worrying. So David, Paul and Jesus each command us not to fret and not to worry. That's in a number of different places. Um, and it kind of is a choice. We can't control what thoughts enter our minds, but we can control what stays in our minds, what dwells with us. So, and the best way to deal with um, worry is to try and turn them into prayers. And then that kind of releases them to God. And that's giving that trust to God so that he can deal with our problems. When we trust in God, sorry, when we trust that God works for our good in all things, even in hurtful things, when we trust in him, then his plan, power and love means we've got nothing to worry about. And probably most of us will never completely stop worrying, but as we grow in faith and as we pray more, we can hopefully worry less and release some of that worry onto God's shoulders. Um, steps two and three, so trust in the Lord and do good, um, which are kind of inseparable really. So faith and trust are verbs, faith and trust are a lifestyle and they involve action, so it's doing stuff. Um, so real faith includes obedience and obedience includes the good things that God commands. So that's why trusting in the Lord and doing good can't be separated. Delight yourself in the Lord, so... David's speaking from his own experience here, plus the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God gives us the desires of our hearts, which is like kind of like a blank check um, with one condition attached, that we delight in God and the desires of our hearts will be in line with his will. So, and when our, desi when our desires are in line with God's will, then he can safely give us the desire of our hearts. So all times delight yourself in the Lord. And commit your way to the Lord. So this is about commitment. So deep, satisfying relationships like marriage, friendship, discipleship require commitment. Casting our cares onto God, rolling our burdens onto the Lord. That's what David's talking about here when he tells us to commit our ways to the Lord. And that includes talking to God in prayer, taking our problems to the foot of the cross and leaving our problems with God. So again, leaving our worries, our problems, our issues and trusting God to to resolve them and it includes seeking God's presence um, something I don't do enough of but actually seeking his presence so that we can place it in his hands all our problems and trust in his will and his timing and then um, David goes on to talk about waiting patiently for the Lord so this is step six he's telling us to tell God about our problems and then sit quietly with the Lord how often do we sit quietly with God? We, we've lived such busy lives that I don't find enough time to just have a quiet moment in prayer or just, um, just thinking, about, um, uh, thinking about faith. Um, we need to make that time to listen to God. Um, and I was, I was reading something, but someone was talking about the lesson of the face. So God gave us two ears and one mouth. So we should listen twice as much as we talk. Um, it's probably true in a lot of ways that. So, um, but particularly with God in our relationship. So we should really be 
listening to God more than we're actually talking to him and praying. Um, and that'll help us to build that relationship and probably help us in our lives generally as well if we use that as a rule of thumb. Um, and then the last step he's talking about is anger. So refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Um, <clears throat> so let's have a drink. My voice nearly lasted. <clears throat> um, so Paul gives us two commands about dealing with anger, the anger that we feel at times. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. So that's from Ephesians 4.26. And don't allow anger to lead us or to do or say harmful things. Let go each day of the anger before you go to bed at night. If we sincerely desire God to help us to obey these two commands, then we can ask for and receive God's help. So that's the seven steps to enjoying God's peace in the storms of life. Um, and they're right there in Psalm 37, so you can look at them anytime you need to. And if we practice these seven steps, we can enjoy God's presence and God's peace, even in the storms of life. So just while we're still doing audience participation, um, similar to what Sam Ron was doing in the prayers, um, just, just going to briefly go through that psalm again, the first part of the psalm. Um, so I'll read the first verse, and I'd just like you to, um, four words to learn, let's live God's way. So let's live God's way. Can we try that? Let's live God's way. Very good, thank you. Um, so don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Let's live God's way. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire. Let's live God's way. Commit, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like dawn. And the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Let's live God's way. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Let's live God's way. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Let's live God's way. Amen. So don't trust in yourself. Don't turn from the Lord. Don't tumble through life like a tumbleweed without direction. Do plant your life in the Lord. Do allow yourself to be protected by the Lord. And be productive for the Lord. And then revisit those seven, stops to God, those seven steps to God's peace. Amen. Over to Brian.